are the second episode after a week. Um, I realize I should probably start recording more often, but I surely will. Now, before I jump into this, I just want you all to remember, if in case you didn't hear the first episode, but this podcast, this show is brought to you by um, the company that I am with. Um, we're called Ink Season Identities in the King, um, founded by God, inspired by um, William Tazi Foncham II. Um, welcome to the second episode of Inspiring Identities. Now, today's topic that I wanted to hit on, it's probably early, but <clears throat> is um, loneliness. The reason why I say loneliness is because a lot of people, we when we deal with our identity issues, a lot of the time it's because of loneliness, because we feel as though no one is there, because we feel as though um, we have no one in our corner or no one to relate to. Um, we're lost in our identity of who we are because we can have a ton of friends but always feel lonely. Um, I've met plenty of people, um, adults and kids, who they can have it all money cars clothes they can um everything that you can dream of the latest phones the latest video games the the latest cars um all money unspeakable like they can have it but at the end of the day loneliness can still entrap them now i speak from experience and when i say experience i literally mean like i came from a place of an individual who was always who always felt lonely. Um, growing up, mind you, I had an amazing life. Like my mother loved us. I had two brothers, a beautiful sister. I had friends, like like crazy. I always had people there. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I always felt like I was the outcast. I always felt like I was lonely. Like for me growing up, um, like my brothers and my sister, I was the black sheep. And the reason why I say I was the black sheep is because um, my oldest brother, the firstborn, uh, he used to get sent off to New York to be with my grandmother all the time. You know, he lived the life. He he had it. He was the pretty boy of the family. Now me, I'm the second born. I wasn't as into fashion and style and things like that like my older brother then there came my little brother who grew up same household all of us grew up amazing lives but he as well got into the whole pretty boy fashion type thing um because honestly that's what my mom promoted she always wanted us to look on point of course like any parent she always wanted us to look good. She bought us the latest clothes, the latest kicks, the latest jewelry, you know, you you name it. We had bracelets, blinging chains, earrings in our ears. My brother had the fitted caps, like my, my little brother. He just had the straight swag. And then came my little sister, the baby of the family. Now, her being the first girl, of course, like any mother, they, my mom was happy. She was aesthetic. Like, it was finally a girl she dressed her up made her pretty and of course like any woman would my little sister grew up into that now for me um 
I didn't care for that. I didn't care for the money. I didn't care for the clothes. Honestly, like I said in the first episode, I'm a nerd. First and foremost, I really just wanted video games. Like, if I had a dope video game, I was set. I was happy. I was good. But unlike the rest of my family, my mom poured in to the rest of them. Not saying she did. Like, my mom poured into me. But not like how she poured into my brothers and my sister. And the reason why is because they gravitated more to her ideology of what she wanted from her kids. Me, I was always, if anything, I would say I would enclose myself um, rather than push myself out there when it came to my when it came to my family. Um, I always just wanted to be left alone. How do you call? Oh, I was a uh, I guess you. An introvert, um, to say the least. But the ironic thing is, I always longed for like that love, that companionship. Like I went for some apparent reason with me growing up the way that I did. Like mind you, my mom, loved, she, like tangibly, she loved us. She got us the things that she would believe a child needed. You know, clothes. Uh, a roof over their head, food, of course, these things are, are logical, these things are natural. But for me, I was always longing for something more. Like to me, those things were not real enough to me. Like I didn't care about having clothes, I didn't care about having chains, I didn't care about having shoes. I honestly, I just really cared about video games. And a lot of the times, People who have poured themselves into video games is because video games gave us a sense of escape. Like a lot of people, they find their escape in um, some people, women, some people, sports, some people, um, cars, some people, you name it. We, we can find it. Humans can find an escape in anything. You name it. Our children, our drapes, our house, cleaning, like whatever. So for me, my escape was in video games. So playing video games brought me into a world where I felt more companionship, where I felt more, I guess, alive, so to, so to speak. And don't worry, I'm not like that anymore. I just play video games because I love, I've learned to just love video games. They're awesome. They're amazing. They teach you so much. Um, and that'll probably be a topic for another time. <laughs> but for me back then, um, my video games, I was I, I I was able to, you know, find friends. We all stick together, battle the boss, battle the, the minions, and we go through this big whirlwind adventure together. That was companionship. Um, I felt strong. I felt powerful because I was like most video games. I started off as some weak feeble you know new to the world type character and the more i played the more i experienced the more i leveled up the more i became stronger and all those who used to be difficult for me to beat for for difficult for me to fight i began to overcome them and that was my escape a world where i felt real companionship a world where i felt powerful so being in this world i didn't I didn't get the companionship or the love that I wanted. I didn't get the, the feel of power that I wanted. So I always felt lonely. I always felt as though I wasn't 
really a part of anybody. Or at least, if not my family. So at times I would, you know, scrap all like, like a like rebellious child I was. I would scratch my face out of pictures. I would do certain things that would cause me to drift more away from my family. So within these within the, within this world of loneliness, I really began to fall into a place of insecurity, of self-consciousness, where I began to to feel as though because my my brothers and my sister were so engulfed in, you know, the pretty boy or the pretty girl image that for me I felt ugly. I I felt as though I wasn't good enough. It was crazy because of the fact that I remember going, I remember when I was little that I felt so ugly to the point that I would not even look in the mirror. Like the house that we lived in at the time, um, it had mirrors in the living room. The entire wall was mirrored all over the place. And I would walk into the house and I would put my head down because I felt as though I didn't look as good as what people would imagine, what people want. I felt as though I didn't look as good as my brother and my sister. I just felt very insecure. I felt very ugly. So whenever I would get out of my video games and I would watch television, I would see people around me. Um, I would see that people always talk about this affection of love, of companionship, of, you know, having somebody next to you. So growing up, I wanted it. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was. I just know I wanted it. I know that, you know, for me, I felt ugly and insecure, but to other people, I was this cute little chubby kid. Oh my God, I have, he has really, you know, chubby cheeks. It makes you just want to pinch him. And when I found these these areas that people would love, I would try to exploit them. Now, mind you, in the midst of all this, at the end of the day, I still felt lonely. I still wanted more. So growing up for years, feeling this this, this loneliness began to birth something more, began to birth the these thoughts of, of suicide. It began to birth the, these thoughts of, of wanting to hurt myself, to wanting to hurt those around me who 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 seem to care about me, it, it began to birth a, a, a how can you say? I guess you could say an act or, or or wanting of rebellion, and it did. It it, it really did. I became a very grown like as I got older, I became more of why am I here? What am I alive for? Um, you know, do people do, does anyone really love me? Does people even care about me? Would anybody even care if I was gone? Like I used to do a lot of dumb stuff and then I grew up more and I started to get this rebellious phase and I used to, I got to a point where I used to, I disrespect mom, disrespect my household, just kicking stuff to the curb. Like, oh my God, no, no, no. But in the midst of me growing up and all of this, I will still try to look for this kind of, this sense of love. Um, like most children young growing up, I would, I would try to, I guess, get a girlfriend. Now, the type of person that I was, I studied people. 
because I wanted to know what this love thing really was. I wanted to know what this sense of want really was. So I began to study people. I began to f- look at what they were, what the things that people liked so I can exploit them so that I can get this illusion of what people considered love. So I would have girlfriend after girlfriend and I would just study them and see, okay, she just wants to, she just wants somebody to make her feel special or she just wants somebody to say something pretty about her or she just wants somebody different. Like I would see these different things in these women. I would see them. I would exploit them. I was like, okay, this is what I can use for her. This is what I can use for this one. This is what I can use for this one. And all I did was just birth more hurt and pain. And I never felt any love. Now, the crazy part is growing up with, you know, these girlfriends, I saw that, you know, based off of what I was saying or what I would do for them, they would be they would begin to say that, oh, my gosh, I love you. Now, I'm not me not knowing what love is. I would just assume that if I would say it back enough, I would begin to feel this exploitation of love. I would begin to feel what it really meant to love someone that this loneliness would leave me but it didn't no matter which girl I would say it to no matter which one would say it back there was no real sense of love because for some of them they be they would think that for some women they think that love is the physical attraction or the, the or the physical expression that you would display to one another um, for me, for example, back then, it was uh, the things that would cause a girl to, call, to to say that they would love me is me being a good kisser, me exploiting their, their weak, the weakness in their mind, making them, you know, because of the fact that I know that all they, all they want is for somebody to tell them that they're pretty or someone to, to, to show them a little bit of attention, um, then they would think or assume that, oh my gosh, He's, he's doing these things that I've never felt before or I've never seen before. So let me just, this, this has to be love. They would assume that this has to be love. Or for some, sex. Some people assumed that me um, having sex with them was another form of me or a form of them thinking, oh, this has to be love. If I've given my body to this individual and they're giving it back. Um, but for me back then, that wasn't the case. It was just pure and all adulterated. Just me trying to find the illusion. And me trying to find something real in the illusion, um, so to speak. And for years, I would have this pattern with different women. And women have with me, me exploiting their mind and their weaknesses. And me trying to find this into love. Just a back and forth cycle of brokenness and and hurt uh, because of my own insecurities. But this all came from the fact that me feeling lonely because I didn't really know who I was. I didn't have a true sense of identity, which is what really brought or which really birthed the, the sense of loneliness. Like some people assume that hey, you had a good life, Jabbar. Like your mother, your mother was there. Um, your brothers and your sister were there. Your mom bought you what you needed or what you wanted. You had food. Like graciously, 
um, those things are good, but those things don't truly show what love is. And I'm sure people listening to this are wondering, how could you say that? It's easy because of this. A complete stranger on the street can give you food. Can say, hey, you can stay here. Because think about it. There are people in our world that do it on a regular basis. Like, oh, okay, this person's homeless. Come stay in my house, take a shower, and, you know, go about your day. It wasn't because of a sense of love. It was because of a sense of feeling responsible. But for me... As I got older, I wanted, I really, when I, I would say when I was probably about 18, 19, is when I really decided to figure out who I was, what I am. Like, I no longer wanted to feel lonely. I no longer wanted those, those, those thoughts of, am I really meant to be here? Is anybody going to miss me? Does anybody really care about me? Like, I no longer wanted that anymore. So I began to seek who I really was, my identity. Like, where is my place in this world? So I began to really look and find. And for me, for me, um, I found it in Christ. Um, a lot of people may not agree with me, and I'm okay with that. That is okay. Um, like I say, this podcast is not only meant for... Um, or. I guess a belief system, but also to, like I said, to inspire identities for us to look for who we are. Like I found mine in Christ. And when I found my identity in Christ, some people assume that um, religion is uh, a crutch. I've heard, I've, I've, I, it, was a, it was a philosopher, I think it was Aristotle probably, I can't really remember, who said that religion is a crutch for humanity, that we'll never get on the right foot. And I read that and I realized what he said was true to an extent. Religion is a, or belief is a crutch to those who have been hurt and broken. Because if, if we know what crutches are in today's society, crutches help take the weight off people so that a place that is broken or a place that is hurt can be healed properly without too much pressure being put on it or else it will begin to be broken more or get hurt more or get damaged more so belief for me in Christ help me become better because at the beginning of my faith my faith in Jesus was a crutch it helped me because I did, I'm one of those people I like to tell people I'm one of those people I'm not closed minded I believe in Christ but I will hear what you have I will hear what you have to say And with that, I began to dig. I began to study. I began to find out, okay, if this Christian thing is real, if this whole believing in Christ thing is real, if this is really a legitimate thing, let me give myself to it. Because how can we truly say something can't work or something is not real unless we truly give ourselves 1,000% into it? Giving yourself 99%, 80%, 10%, 5%, you can't say that you actually tried if you only put just bare minimum. So for me at the time of all that is going around, I was like, 
mind you, at the time my son was being born. So I, in myself, I, told, I said, I said, I don't, I don't want my son to, to birth or see the crap that I went through. I don't want my son to go through this. I don't want my child to, to birth the same hurt and pain that I birthed for years. I wanted my child to see something different. I wanted him to experience something different. And with that, that's what caused me to sin. I need to find out who I am before I can raise another identity. Because if anybody knows children, children pay attention to their parents. They see other things around them, but their parents are the mirror to who they are, to who they can be or what they can be. So because I realized this upon him being born, I wanted to truly figure out who I was, what I am, what am I meant to do? I can't just stay in this bubble of loneliness, of insecurity and, and, and think that I can love my child without really knowing the true identity of love, without truly knowing my identity in itself. So as I begin to study and as I begin to read, I begin to apply the different things that the scriptures will tell me. The different things that Christ and his apostles would, would tell us, I will begin to seek and dig. And as I begin to seek and dig more and more and more, I begin to realize a lot of things about myself. Because a lot of people think or a lot of people believe that believing in Christ or Christianity, um, it puts a mask over our face. But to me, I personally believe that it can't do that. I believe that Christian. I believe that Christ will help you, but to but at a point when when you're healed, when He strengthened you, I personally believe that Christ will let you will put you on your two feet and and say, "Let's go." Now the reason I say this is because of this. As I begin to more dig more, as I begin to study more, I begin to look at myself and I begin to look at the scriptures and I begin to see that. The things that I once believed in or the things that I once thought were true no longer apply to me. When I thought that, okay, society tells you that true love or true companionship is found in the opposite sex. So for me, true love, for me to know what love is or for me to find love meant that I would have to find a girlfriend. I would have to, you know, spend time with her, become affectionate. And, you know, do all the things that the world will say are um, love. But then as I begin to study, I begin to see that how can I love another if I myself can't love myself? How can I bring another into my life if I myself don't know what my life is? Now, some people assume that, oh, yeah, you can find this all life. But for me. I begin to find peace in my faith, in my belief, because in my belief and my faith, it began to tear down everything else that was built upon me that was false. Everything that was shoved upon me that was that was not true. Everything else that was mirrored on me that was an illusion. For example. Growing up, like most men in society, you're brought up to, to, to be told that 
Men shouldn't cry. Men should not feel sadness. Men should not hurt like that. Men should constantly always stay strong. You know, be powerful. You're a man. You can't cry. No, you can't. But when I begin to dig more into my faith, when I begin to believe more into what I believed in, I begin to see that real manliness is in the ability to cry. Real manliness is in the ability to feel sadness. Because if we build a world where men don't feel emotion, we build a world where men are lost, have lost identities. Because they no longer, because when we, when we say you can't cry or you can't express yourself, that is part of a person's identity. We're saying that part of your identity you can't you can't display because it's too soft because because of your because of your gender. We think because women are the more or, or more, and please this is no disrespect, more hormonal or or more or more emotional that they're the weaker vessel. I beg to differ. When God made Adam, He gave Adam Eve. And he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Adam had assignment. And with his assignment, it was to tend to the garden, work. And for Eve, it was to have his back. Give him what he needed. Now, some people assume that, oh, that meant that, oh, you know, the man is, the man works all day and the mother just, you know, stay home, cook, clean. No, the, the woman... Because people think that men don't feel loneliness and some people assume that women don't feel loneliness. No, we need men feel loneliness because of what society has done. Women feel loneliness because of the because of what society has done to men. Because because society has broken men to the point where they are so emotionless that it has rained down on the women. But when I began to truly find out who I was, when I began to truly experience true identity, when I began to experience um, true love in my belief, in my faith from, from my God, I began to realize that every bit of loneliness that I felt, every bit of suicide that I felt, every bit of anger, of depression that I felt Was in, bec- was in because of the fact that those around me didn't know what love was. They didn't know what affection was. They did not know what it really meant to be there. Now, I'm sure for some people this may sound confusing. But it is to say this. When I begin to dig, study, and apply... I begin to see that the broken places in my life were there because I was raised by a broken person. Because of the fact that my brothers didn't know what real love was, my sister didn't know what, my mom didn't know what real love was. We think that real love is intangible things, but it's not because those things pass away. 
growing up, my brothers and my sister had it all. I had it, but I didn't want it because I wanted love. I wanted affection. I wanted it. But because my mother didn't know at the time, she didn't know what love was. She just thought, okay, I could just throw these things on you and you will be okay. And that's not her fault. It's not. It's because she was raised by broken people. Brokenness produces loneliness. And loneliness produces a whole field of things. From sadness, from depression, from suicide, to anger, to aggravation, to to want, to desire. It, It produces so much. But when I truly begin to find love in God, because God is love, I begin to really see what I was meant to do. I begin to really find my true identity. I begin to feel love. I begin to really feel companionship. I begin to see people for who they and what they really are. Is a world of broken people. And the closer that I got to my God, the closer that I got in my faith, the more I delve into my belief, I begin to truly experience. I begin to truly see that our world is so broken. That all it takes is one to change an entire culture, to change an entire civilization. I begin to see that all because a person can have all the tangible things that we desire does not mean that they are not broken, does not mean that they are not lonely. That does not mean that a person doesn't. It doesn't mean that you don't just want to be loved. And when I begin to experience this and when I begin to take hold of this, I begin to realize that everything I wanted, my God placed it in front of me. And it began to transform me and it began to do a thing in me that it caused me to stand up right and finally see light in the midst of darkness. It began to strengthen and build me to the point where I am today. And going to realize that he's always loved me. My God has always loved me. And he uses me or he wants to use me to show this same love. To show this same truth and identity to others. To let people know that. As you're listening to this, you are not alone. God is there. I am here. I tell friends, family, people I care. I tell people all the time, if you need to talk, I am here. If you need to express, I am here. There is no shame in tears. Tears show that you are human, that you have emotion. And with tears, birth strength. So as you listen to this episode, may you battle with not knowing who you are or may you battle with loneliness or whatever mental issues or emotional issues you may battle with. Know 
that even if you may not know me, even if you've never heard of me, just know God is there and I'm here. I will listen. I will give advice if, if the Lord leads. I know what you've been through and I've been delivered from it. I've been brought out of that dark world. And I've been brought into a marvelous light. So if you need help, if you need advice, if you just need an ear to listen to you, we here at Ink Season, we're here. Me here on Inspiring Identities. I'm here. This is what we do. We don't do it we do it because we know what it means to be in that place to have that sense of loneliness to, to feel as though you can never or to feel as though you have never had anybody in your corner we're here just reach out just reach out Like I said, you can comment. You can look us up. Find us. Message me. Message us on Eekseen. You can follow us on Facebook. We're here to inspire. We're here to impact. We're here to uplift. Through theology. Through culture. Through inspiration. This is Inspiring Identities. Brought to you by Ink Season. You guys have a beautiful day. A beautiful night. A beautiful afternoon. Be blessed. Stay strong. Be inspired.